Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to another edition of The Atomizing Show. It is now episode 17 and the biggest week of the year is here, guys. I could not be more pumped. The Super Bowl is this weekend. We got the Cincinnati Bengals who haven't played in the big game in 33 years facing off against the Rams who are on their home turf, who sold out this season, who's in LA, got all the big stars, and who is many people's favorites to win. We are going to be getting into all of that today. Like I said last week, there's a real exciting show planned. I've got a few different guests jumping on throughout, so let's go ahead and get into it. Now, obviously, I'm going to start with the Super Bowl today, and this is a historic game. This is the second time in NFL history that two number one overall quarterbacks are facing off against each other in the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, this is one of the worst possible matchups the Bengals could have gotten out of the whole NFC side. And let me tell you guys why that is. What the Rams are going to do this weekend is they are going to make the Bengals beat them on offense. And how they're going to do that is with having Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in football, split on T. Higgins. They're going to double-team Jamar Chase, and they're going to severely limit the weapons. Now, not to mention that, the Rams also have Aaron Donald, who is arguably the best overall football player in the world right now. And when he retires, he's going to be put on the same chart as Lawrence Taylor. And they have playmakers around the entire field with Vaughn Miller and Weedle, just to name a few. The Rams' defense is stellar. It's not like one that the Bengals have played yet this season. If we recall the last good defense that they played, which was the Titans, Burrow got sacked nine times, and now they're playing one of the best defenses in football. The Bengals' O-line is absolutely abysmal. Don't let one good week against the Chiefs distract you guys. The last time they played an elite D-line, like I said, they gave up nine sacks. The one singular outlier here for the Bengals, in my opinion, is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has proved us wrong time and time again. And I'm going to get into it later in this show when I have my first guest on. But if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl this weekend... We are really going to have to take a step back and look at his career for the last three years because it has been like something we have never, ever seen before. In the last seven to eight weeks, Joe Burrow has developed right in front of our eyes. What he said the other day about working in silence, let your game show your hard work. Joe Burrow is just an all-around great dude. It's who everybody wants leading their team, especially the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been at the bottom for years. Everybody projected the Bengals to place fourth in the AFC North. And now you got this lethal duo, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. It's truly special what we're seeing. And if they're able to win the Super Bowl this year, how we talk about Joe Burrow is going to be incredible. And I'm excited to see what comes. Now, transitioning over to the Rams side of the field, I think the Rams are better on every single part of the field and in the coaching room. Sean McVay talked about earlier this week, the first Super Bowl when he played the Patriots, final score was 13-3. to Rams lost. He said he came in and tried to do too much, tried to overthink it, and I believe it was Tony Dungy. Someone was on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week, and he was the Colts coach, Colts head coach when Peyton Manning was there, and he was like, honestly, for the first couple tries playing against Brady, playing again, playing in the Super Bowl, we'd have weeks to prepare, and we would be changing everything, like, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and oftentimes that does not work. The Rams this time around are coming back. They have so much Super Bowl experience around their entire roster. And Sean McVay is an absolute offensive mastermind. I think everybody except for Mattress Mac. I don't know if you guys know who Mattress Mac is. But he's laid like $9.5 on the Bengals to win. It's crazy. But other than him, I think everybody's betting the Rams money line here. The spread's a little bit more interesting, but you guys will have to you guys will see what I have to say about the spread come the end of the episode. Now going on with the Rams, 
I do, and I think a more majority of you guys do, all of us, have a soft spot for Matthew Stafford. We all know kids in life who never had great structure, who just weren't brought up in the right way, didn't have structure around them, weren't loved, weren't cared for, stuff like that. And when they become an adult, there's sometimes problems. And now, if you look at kids, and you look at football, and you look at structure, it's kind of the same here. Matthew Stafford, for 13 years, he had zero structure whatsoever. His life was completely unstructured in Detroit, and he was the only pillar to that building. He was the only thing holding that franchise afloat. And now... Matthew Stafford, despite all that misstructure, despite all that, just like kids go out and do, go out and beat the odds. He goes out there, he's balling and winning with the Rams. And like I said last week, everybody needs to be thanking the city of Detroit, everybody from LA. What they put Matthew Stafford through is why he's able to throw those balls to Cooper Cup against Tampa Bay. It's why he's able to come back in the NFC Championship game. And it's just that underdog mentality. Matthew Stafford knows how to play this way. My, it's harder to root for guys like Big Ben, in my opinion. Who Big Ben, I talked about it a few weeks ago. It was the last week of the season. And Big Ben's always been a guy who, he's been the big body. He's always been built for this. He came in the league and he was instantly a success. Who hot shot, all this stuff, and he was just kind of handed everything, and it was just naturally gifted. Matthew Stafford has been having to grind. Oh, you know, What I think back to, and I know a lot of you guys probably remember this, is Matthew Stafford in Detroit, when I believe he broke his collarbone on the play. Broke his collarbone, and he was sending, he laid down on the field, he was laying there, and then pops back up, he runs over the sideline, had to come out for a play. Or no, it might have been timeout, and was able to go back in. Training staff was trying to hold him out, and then he just pushed him aside. And he said, "If you need to throw the ball, I can throw the ball. I'm playing." Matthew Stafford came out there, threw the game-winning touchdown with an arm that was completely falling apart. We all know kids who don't have real structure. We all know football players that don't have real structure. It's hard in the same way to break out of that mold and to flourish like Matthew Stafford has done. Imagine what it could not it could have been if it wasn't for the Lions. And I just just flip Matthew Stafford around with a couple guys on a few different teams. Matthew Stafford and Big Ben flip those two. Matthew Stafford goes to the Steelers with all this structure, with Mike Tomlin, with a great defense. Imagine what he could have won. And Big Ben goes to Detroit and is battling for his life for 13 years. Probably has to retire a few years even earlier because of the amount of hits that he took. That's the other sad thing. We're probably going to see Matthew Stafford have to retire in a shorter period of time. Like He might retire a little bit earlier because of the amount of hits and the amount of stuff he went through while in Detroit. Matthew Stafford, he's completing 72% of his passes this postseason. A 6-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. This is McVay's second Super Bowl. Cooper Cup's second. Aaron Donald. Jaylen. They just have people all over the field. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Rams came out firing on all cylinders and went up 21-3 to three against the Bengals. Aaron Donald, I think, is going to absolutely wreck havoc. They are not going to need to rush more. That I honestly don't be surprised if we see three man rushes from the Rams and they're playing eight deep to stop all the weapons. They have the talent to do that, and I want you to keep an eye on this bet. Aaron Donald, sixteen to one to win Super Bowl MVP. He will be double teamed every snap and he will get through. While also leaving Vaughn Miller on the other side singled, they're, they're going to be having to move guys around on the Bengals' O-line. And if this is a low-scoring game, remember what happened with Vaughn Miller in the Denver Super Bowl. He won MVP. Aaron Donald could do it here. It's not bad odds if you're having to just throw around some money. This, like I said, it's top defense. 
I think Tyler Higbee is going to need to be involved big time for the Rams. It After he went down in the NFC Championship game, it kind of changed the Rams' offense a little bit. They feed a lot of stuff through Tyler Higbee, their tight end. So if he can stay up, he can stay healthy. I personally like the Rams' money line. You guys will see my spread pick over-under prop bets, all that fun stuff once we get to the end of the show today. But it's about that time to welcome our first guest for today's show. You guys might remember him from a few weeks ago, back right before playoffs started. Levi, thanks so much for coming on today, buddy. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. So we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl to start things off. I want to hear what your original thoughts were. We've obviously got two different types of cultures. One swings big, is in L.A., after the big stars, Von Miller, OBJ. The other has been at the bottom of the league for years, has not made it here in 33 years, has stingy owners, no practice facility, and yet, because football is the greatest sport in the planet, they have made it to the Super Bowl. How do you feel about the upcoming matchup? It's going to be great. I mean, the Bengals being... Four and twelve last year, Joe Burrow having a, a phenomenal year, seeing the Bengals being in the playoffs just for like in the past thirty years, and now being in the Super Bowl is insane. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good game. But I mean, regardless of the Bengals hype, I think the Rams are gonna probably beat down on them. Yeah, I, I would expect for at least the first half the Rams to really beat down on them, and. Uh, I'm happy with the. A lot of people aren't happy with the way the Super Bowl turned out this year, and I'm like, well, the Bengals on one point. I'm sure you had them too. Everybody had them ranked fourth in the AFC North coming into this year. If you would have told me that team gets them to the Super Bowl, I would have never believed it. Well, I mean, my realistic pick out of everyone was still uh, KC. Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad to see the Bengals made it because you know they were by far the most underrated pick. Agreed. There, no, no one was expecting the Bengals to make it, and one man has basically got them there. And that's where I want to transition into this, is Patrick, I mean, Joe Burrow now, if he wins the Super Bowl this weekend, he has beaten Patrick Mahomes twice. In his final year of college, he had basically the best statistical season out of any player in college history. Won the Heisman, won the national championship, tore his ACL the next year, and then comes back the next year and wins the Super Bowl. Where do we put him among quarterbacks in the NFL? Because in my eye, he should be number one. Uh, NFC and AFC? He's, in the last three years, Name a be- if he wins the Super Bowl, name a better football player on this planet. I guess I can agree with you for sure, especially with how much pressure he's been ha- having with the with their O-line. Dude, was their O-line like nine is times against Tennessee. Yeah, the, which is why I'm worried about how well he's going to perform against Aaron Donald. I think <laughs> Von the, Miller. The one plus for the Bengals here is that when Joe Burrow is blitzed in this postseason, he's been blitzed 20 times. He has completed 17 of 20 passes overall. So the Rams are probably only going to be rushing for what? I said that's incredible. Yeah. The Rams are probably only going to be rushing for the entire time. But still, Aaron Donald's going to have to be double teamed. You're going to have Vaughn Miller on the other side with just one man. They're definitely The Rams are the best defense. I said it earlier in today's show. I think this is the worst possible matchup the Bengals could have gotten out of the whole NFC side. The Rams just match up perfectly on them. Yeah, I just don't think the the Bengals are gonna be able to keep up with the Rams' offensive mo- uh, momentum, like when, what we saw with the Rams versus Bucks. I mean, the biggest factor was getting pressure on Stafford, and they didn't do that the first half of the entire game. And we saw where it went. It was like thirty to three. Yeah, so, I d- I don't think they're gonna be able to get pressure on Stafford. That's what I'm saying, and he's just gonna rip it to Cooper Cup the entire game. So. There's just there's so many pluses on the Rams side, especially with coaching and Sean McVay. McVay was talking earlier this week how like the first Super Bowl he was rigid and tried to over prepare, 
And now I see Zach Taylor as I think he's 34 years old. He's going to come over in here and probably over-prepare and try and add in all this new type of stuff that could really mess the team up. Yeah, McVay definitely has the the experience now, you know, learning mistakes from the first one against New England. So we'll see how he performs in that way. It's just, it's just amazing to me the Bengals were able to get here. And it's really good for the whole <laughs> city of Cincinnati, the whole state of Ohio. The GMs, I heard this Michael Lombardi say this earlier this week. When he used to be a GM, and it's still the case now, people do not even bother to call Cincinnati for trades because the Brown family does not trade. They, they don't even yeah. call. So yeah, it's amazing that the Bengals were able to get here. I'm hoping if maybe if they won the Super Bowl, they can afford an indoor practice facility. Uh, I heard a story from, I think it was AJ Hawk earlier this week. And he was like, back when I was in Cincinnati for the couple of years, we were driving an hour and a half to go to an indoor practice facility. I'm like, how? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And the thing is with Burrow and them reaching the Super Bowl, they're going to bring be bringing in a lot more revenue next year regardless of you know if they 100 percent. their jersey it's impossible to find a joe burrow jersey yeah which means there's going to be extremely high demand yeah if say if they win the super bowl oh my god yeah the revenues for uh apparel will go through the roof oh but with joe burrow like there's all these things that about like oh there's Rodgers, there's Wilson, there's Bahan, like there's all these great other people. And but am I this this sport is about winning playoff games and winning Super Bowls. And if Burrow in his first year comes out and wins all his playoff games, win the Super Bowl. Like Dan Marino, maybe the th best thrower of the football <laughs> ever. But who do we talk about? Brady, Montana, and Peyton. Because they were winners in the postseason. Rodgers in the regular season could be better. No one's going to talk about Rodgers in 20 years unless he wins another Super Bowl. Everybody's going to talk about him as the diva that started controversy and stuff like that. Rodgers and Mahomes both have had both have one Super Bowl. Rodgers has had plenty of more opportunities. Mahomes has had plenty of opportunities the last few years to win another Super Bowl. So if Burrow comes in with a perfect record, I don't know how we don't put him at the top of the NFL. Yeah, and being in his second year, I can definitely agree with that take. Uh, you've seen Patrick Mahomes be in a few NFC championships now, and he's got one ring. Yeah, and so, two two Super Bowls, four AFC championships. Yeah, and it's same thing with Aaron. You know, it's it's basically yeah. I'm roasting Mahomes, but Aaron's far worse. I mean, it's you put you put statistics on the stat sheet and good numbers, but at the end of the day, when you know what does it matter when you don't accomplish what exactly? You're never gonna remember anything. Peyton Manning had a ton of interceptions. No one ever remembers the interceptions. His <laughs> final season in Denver, I think that regular He's season because Brock Osweiler played like six weeks of that regular season. He Peyton had like nine touchdowns and seventeen interceptions. For the whole regular yeah, season, Denver def Denver's defense definitely won them that season. But it's it's just wild, and that's how like that just helped Peyton's legacy. No one's gonna remember the nine and seventeen, other than me, just because <laughs> I remember seeing it. But no one's gonna remember that. Everybody's gonna see the ring on his finger and go, "Oh, you're a Super Bowl champion." Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the quarterback win ratio, regardless of stats. People look at that and. Yeah, exactly. It's about how much you can win. Especially in this yeah. league, the quarterback is what controls everything in this league. The quarterback is your point guard. He makes the shot. He calls the shots. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, thanks so much for Levi for coming on today. We had a few technical difficulties with that last segment, but we're going to have Levi back on in a couple weeks to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady situation, at the NBA, bunch of different topics, so be looking out for him. The last part got cut off where he made his Super Bowl pick. He picked the Rams minus four and the over 48 and a half, so keep that in mind for the end of the episode. 
Now, before we bring on Andrew and Johnny today to finish up our Super Bowl coverage, I want to introduce a new segment to the show I'm going to be doing all throughout this offseason called Yay or Nay. It's a simple idea. Each week, I will come up with a question to answer for you guys. I think it's a good, that has a good bit of controversy over it. Starting it off with the first edition of Yay or Nay, I want to debate if Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers now, he's coaching high school football out in Alabama. He's got one of the best high school football teams in the country. And looking at his stats from football and his NFL career, Philip Rivers threw for 63,444 passing yards at sixth all-time. 421 touchdowns to 209 interceptions. That's a 2-to-1 ratio. 7.8 pass yards in attempt. That's a really good number, guys. And 134 to 106 overall win-loss. With a 64.9% completion. He made it to the AFC Championship game once. Had 11 total playoff games. 12 4,000-yard seasons. And not to mention, he was on the Chargers. Like we talked about earlier this on this show. About how gifted people can end up in unstructured places can end up not in great places, and that's what happened with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. The Chargers, before they moved to L.A., they can't even sell out their L.A. stadium when they're playing there. But before then, they had, I think it was like a 27,000-person stadium. They could not even sell that out. The Chargers have never been that big-name brand team, and Phillip Rivers was the highlight there for years. And I went and was like, okay, Phillip Rivers has these great stats, but we need to see who else is in the Hall of Fame and who he's better than. And I found one big comparison that got into the Hall of Fame that makes an argument for why Phillips should get in. Warren Moon. Warren Moon is a Hall of Famer. He threw for 49,320 passing yards. It's about 14,000 less than Rivers. 291 touchdowns to 233 interceptions. So a much worse ratio than Rivers. 7.2 yards in attempt much less, and 102 to 101 overall win percentage, 102 to 101 overall win loss, and 58.4% completion percentage. All those stats are worse than Phillip Rivers. He never got to an AFC championship game, yet went to the playoffs seven different times. So when you go and look at the quarterbacks and all of them, if you go look at the older quarterbacks, like people have problems with Namath being in there because of his stats, but he did stuff back in the day that proved it. All those older quarterbacks, they get a bye because that's the way the league worked. Warren Moon didn't play too long ago. So I think it's an accurate comparison for Phillip Rivers, but where I want to go with this is personally, even after all that, I don't think Phillip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think it's all the Hall of Fames, except this is the one thing the MLB is still doing right, in my opinion, is their Hall of Fame. Except for not letting Barry, Barry Bonds should be in. Uh, but they're more exclusive. NFL and NBA Hall of Fame, it's become too wishy-washy, in my opinion. Too many people are getting in for not enough. Phillip Rivers never won the big game. Never happened. And like you guys will hear me talk about, have heard me talk about it. What do we remember greats by? We remember them by their wins. We remember them by their postseason wins. What happens? And Phillip Rivers hasn't had that postseason success. He hasn't been. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl. Hasn't won a Super Bowl. I don't think he didn't won an MVP. So while the stats are great. He played for a long career, and I think certain records like the 25 straight completions he had should forever be enshrined in the NFL Football Hall of Fame. I do think that we need to begin to be more cautious about who we let into the Hall of Fame and really start to hold it at a higher standard. There's debates like this for Phillip Rivers, Tony Romo, a bunch of different players. I'm going to be doing that stuff all 
throughout the offseason, but for today's first edition of Yay or Nay, I personally believe they should keep Phillip Rivers out of the Hall of Fame, at least into, not in the first round of ballots he gets. If Phillip Rivers went in on the senior ballot and he continues, because you never know, Phillip Rivers is coach right now. He could work his way up through coaching end up doing something, he could do a dozen different things, and he could definitely get in on the senior ballot. But right with the main ballots, I think it has to be more prestigious, and I think it needs to be held to a higher standard. That's going to be all for tradition, today's edition of Yay or Nay. It'll be here to stay throughout the whole offseason. Now that we got Philip Rivers all figured out, I want to welcome to the show today Andrew Best and Jonathan Miller. Johnny, Andrew, how's it going, guys? It's been a little while. I'm happy to have you guys back. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, Adam, thanks for having us. Of course, dogs. I'm happy to have you guys. And as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, Chiefs, I mean, Chiefs lost to the Bengals, 49ers lost to the Rams, and now we have a matchup coming up this Sunday with two teams, two completely different cultures. In my opinion, I thought for the Bengals, this was the worst possible matchup they could have gotten out of the whole NFC. I think they could just absolutely, if the Rams put Jalen Ramsey on T. Higgins and then double-team Jamar Chase, it could absolutely stop their offense. This game is going to come down, to my opinion, Rams defense being able to stop the Bengals offense. What do you guys think about the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it, I mean, the Bengals' O-line is awful. So, like, I think, you know, Aaron Donald's going to have a field day. So, I mean, I don't think that, uh, I mean, it's really just going to come down to how well the Bengals' offensive line can play and, um, you know, if the Bengals' defense can contain Cooper Cup. 100% I agree with that. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, all due respect to Mr. Joe Shiesty. This game, not going to be close. I see it uh, through the first half. I see it not being close at all. I see at the end of the first half this being a 21-3 to game. And then the, it, it it's going to happen in the same way the Rams-Buccaneers happen. I think the Bengals will come back. They're going to tie it up 21-21, and then Rams will end up winning at 24-21 or something like that. I think it will end up being close and end up being a good game. But at halftime, I don't think we're going to see that. The Bengals are going to be way in over their head for that whole first half. Yeah, I mean, the the Bengals have had a couple comebacks this year. It seems like they always like start slow in like the first half, like the first quarter or so, and then they like tend to pick it up, so... Yeah, that's a. It seemed like with that uh, Chiefs game for Burrow, he was not doing good at all until about halfway through the third quarter, and then that's when he got all of his stats. His stat line was terrible to that point. Yeah, I think the key. What What do you guys think the key for the Rams will be in this game? Um. I think it's just getting pressure on Joe Burrow. You can't give him too much time in the pocket. That's my see the thing about that's interesting. I found this out today about when you this postseason. Let me find the stat. When you blitz Burrow this postseason, he has been blitzed twenty times. He has completed seventeen of those twenty passes when they rush more and four. Aaron Donald is going to have to be double-teamed. I see him blitzing a couple times, but Aaron Donald is going to have to be double-teamed the whole time. They'll have Vaughn Miller on the other side. I think three or four guys would do the job for them. And they're going to have to play seven to eight deep in order to stop all the Bengals' threats. Yeah. Andrew, what are you thinking? Yeah, the Bengals' offensive line does not stand a chance. I'm sorry. No they let up nine sacks against Tennessee. Yeah, the Titans. Ridiculous. Like, who the Titans even have? Yeah. Nobody. The t no, Titans don't have a terrible defense, but the Rams' defense is ten times better mm -hmm. than the oh, yeah. uh, Titans ever was. Titans had three guys that had over eight sacks this season. Yeah, that's great, but Rams got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Weedle. Now, I'm so – how do you – you guys have seen all the Weedle stuff, right? Weddle? Where he came out of retirement? Yeah, oh, Weddle. Yeah, uh, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Weddle. Yes, that is Ravens amazing. Legend. Uh, and then just gonna, he's just going to walk off again after this Super Bowl. The fact he has come in and in 
three weeks, now he has the play calling. He is calling the defensive plays for the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's amazing really? that he's able to do Good that. for him. Yeah. yeah he's, not, he's not calling the defensive plays, but you know how there's a leader on the defense, and like typically it's the middle linebacker that's calling stuff out and stuff like that. That's Weedle this yeah. game. So it's definitely impressive what he's been able to do. And on the Bengals' side, I'm really worried about Zach Taylor. Sean McVay talked about it earlier this week. And when Sean McVay, Sean McVay is obviously still young. But he talked about it earlier this week. And he said in his first Super Bowl against the Patriots, he felt very overwhelmed, felt too prepared, and just didn't know to stick to the base. I heard, uh, I think it was Tony Dungy talking about it earlier this week. And he was like, with big games like this, you don't want to try and introduce new plays. You don't want to try and introduce new blitz packages, stuff like that. You just want to stick to what you know, what got you here. And I think that's going to be the problem with the Bengals. They're going to come out and try and do all these flashy, fancy things and not doing what they, what got them here in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you guys yeah, – so the NFL honors is tonight, and Rodgers yeah. is going to get MVP in a couple hours. Personally, I I've always had a bit of a problem with the MVP. Date, I know Andrew's upset, and Johnny, I know you're upset being a Bears fan. But my Don't personal opinion with the MVP, is, it's been this way for a couple of years now for me, and it's ever been it's been since Rodgers had an extremely dysfunctional year with the Packers, had an amazing year, ran the table back in 2016, and I thought he deserved MVP. Over Brady, because while Brady had better stats, Brady played the better season, you have to look at the situations people are provided. And Burrow was provided one of the worst possible situations. Got them to the Super Bowl. That's the other problem with this award, in my opinion. The fact that it is just a regular season MVP. Rodgers up there with the trophy. It's not the Super Bowl trophy. Like, who is happy with that? I'm not happy with that. LaFleur's not happy with that. Rodgers isn't happy with that. And if Joe Burrow goes out and wins the Super Bowl, who has done more for a franchise? Everybody had them at yeah. fourth in the AFC coming out. Do you think? Do you guys think he deserves the MVP? I mean, it's hard to really define a decision on that because it's like, I mean, like you said, it is a regular season award. So if we are just basing the MVP on a regular season award, then I would give it to Rodgers. That, that, that's my biggest problem is that it's yeah. still a regular season award. I hate yeah. that it's just a regular season award. Rodgers got knocked against the 49ers in the first round. What part of that screams, but like, you know, it's kind of, it's just kind of shitty, you know? Yeah, it's not it. I totally agree. They should. Yeah. <clears throat> they, Andrew, should it, they should rename it the Tom Brady Award and give it to Tom Brady every single year for the rest of the time. Tom Brady only won three MVPs. Yeah, that that's my other thing. When you think about Michael Jordan or anything, do you think about how many MVPs he's won? The goat. But we all know that he has six finals. Not right. an MVP has not won a Super Bowl. Since 1999. Wow. It's incredible. Brady's the GOAT, but he only has three MVPs and has seven Super Bowls. It's just, like the whole MVP and being in the regular season, it, it's beginning to really not make sense to me. It, postseason should be factored Well, that's what the Super Bowl MVP I know for, that the NFL that, honors yeah. comes right for the, the Super team Bowl, Super Bowl, but hell, push it back a week. Yeah. Like, that's what realistically needs to happen. Yeah. So you guys are both going to take the Rams money line, straight up straight up Rams winning it. We'll get into the spread here yeah. in a couple minutes. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, do you agree? Yes, sir. Andrew's breaking up. We'll go ahead and move on. Okay, so... Yes, yes, yes. I want to play a little game with you guys. It's going to be called This or That. It's basically who is going to have the better game. So we're just going to go through these. And the first one I have is going to be Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup. Who do you guys think is going to have the better game? Personally, I think it's going to be Cooper Cup. Oh, we lost Andrew there, but that's okay. Johnny, we can just keep it going here. 
we lost or so Jamar Chase versus Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup is going to have the better game overall. Just see him as the better talent there, and I think they're going to lock down Jamar Chase. That's really the one offensive weapon for the Bengals. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think that Cooper Cup, um, you know, he's just a veteran wide receiver, and I feel like, uh, you know, he's been in situations like this before. Not he hasn't been in the Super Bowl before, right? Cooper Cup, yeah, Cooper Cup was in it a couple years ago when the Rams. Oh, that's right. Oh, we got Andrew back. So yeah, Cooper Cup's been there before. So it's like, you know, I I think that I think that Jamar Chase. I just don't, uh, I don't see him playing as well as a veteran like Cooper Cup. I agree, especially in his first Super Bowl. Cup is going to have a huge day, no matter who the Bengals put on him. Andrew, who do you think, Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup? Who is going to have the better game? Wait, who's Who's this and who's that? Who's going to have the better game? What? Yeah, this or that. Who is going to have the better game who's on this? Sunday? Who's this and who's that? Is Jamar, Jamar Chase Ram- this or that? Jamar Chase is this. Cooper Cup is that. This or that. That? All right. We're all on that. Cooper Cup. All right. Next one. Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow. Who is going to have the better game on Sunday? Matthew Stafford this. Joe Burrow that. It's a tough one. I think they're going to be pretty even, but I got to go with my boy Joe Shiesty, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I was actually going to say the same thing. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a better game. I think that um, the Rams just might rely a little bit more on the run game than the Bengals will because Cam Akers – I mean, I know Joe Mixon is obviously you know better than Cam Akers, but I feel like the Rams like to run the ball more than the Bengals do. Yeah, 100%. I, I just think overall that – yeah, the Rams like to run the ball more. The Bengals have Joe Mixon, but they're going to need Joe Burrow to ball out in order for them to have oh, yeah. any chance at winning this game. So definitely, I have Joe Burrow in my opinion. And we lost yeah. Andrew again. That's okay. Andrew's having technical problems. Sorry, guys. But we're just going to keep on rolling here. We got T. Higgins as the this, and we got OBJ as the that. Who's going to have the better game? I got OBJ here. I don't know. I think they're if they do manage to lock down Cup, I think OBJ is gonna have it. Yeah, I mean Odell Beckham Jr. has been waiting for this moment like his whole life, so I don't see him folding in any way. Yeah. Super Bowl. Right, Andrew, now we're on yes, we're T. Higgins is this, and OBJ is that. Okay. Wait. Can I answer the ones I missed? Get caught up. Come at yeah. What What'd you say? Can I answer the ones I missed and get caught up? Yeah, you only met, you missed Matthew Stafford is this and Joe Burrow is that. Wow. We this. both picked Joe Burrow. Oh wow. I got this. You got this? You got Matthew yeah. Stafford. Alright, sounds yeah. good. And then we have T. Higgins as this and OBJ is that. Interesting. That we both took OBJ. Sweet. OBJ. You got OBJ? Alright. Yep. And then we got two more on this game. This or that. Rams defense is this. Bengals defense is that. The Rams defense is ten times better than the Bengals. And unless the Bengals come in and do something absolutely amazing, I think the Rams, the this, they're, they're going to have it. Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be this. got to be the Rams defense. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah, this, big time. This? All right, we're all Randy, on that. And the last Miller. one, we got the two head coaches and one Zach Taylor, the this. I think Zach Taylor is going to be outgunned for the first half. John <laughs> McVay is going to come in here with the perfect game plan installed. It's going to work out well for them. I got the Sean McVay with the that. Yeah, I also have Sean McVay with that. Andrew? Yes, I, I also have Sean McVay for that. And Adam, I have well, this or that for you, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, I love it. What do you have? Okay. Which team name is better, this, the Rams, or that, the Bengals? Or that, the Bengals? You cut out there for a second. Yes, yes, sorry, that, the Bengals. Which team name's better? I know you've been yes. working on your team ranking, so i got to think of who you have higher. Los yes. Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, Bengals, Bengals are, are definitely the better Bengals name. Bengals are a better yes. name. Yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%. And to be exact, the Bengals are third in my rankings, and the Rams are 21st. So, oh, big advantage you for the, the Rams that low? Yes. 
that's a bit harsh. I, mean, I can't believe you really ranked. I mean, that's all that's like so. average, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just I don't. Know, it's okay. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. but it's kind of just like generic and short. All right, now that we have the this or that all settled, we're gonna come back to the Super Bowl in a few minutes to make our final picks for you guys. But before then. Johnny, you're my college basketball guy. There's been crazy upsets that are coming every single week now. I know your team, Purdue, is down right now to Michigan. I don't know. Right before we started recording, that was the case. Are you still watching? What's the score? Uh, it's it, We're down by 15. We're not winning. Oh, okay. That's yeah. okay. It happens. We, so we got number three, Purdue, about to lose to Michigan. Yes. We have Auburn, who was number one, just lost. We have Arizona last week, who was ranked four and lost. And Duke just lost the other night to UVA. March is going to be absolutely amazing this year. Johnny, where do you see this going? What do you think's going to happen? Um, I mean, honestly, like I don't think, I don't think any team is as put together as Gonzaga is. Like, they just consistently have their stuff together. And, like, I feel like this is the year that they finally do it. That or, I mean, I think Purdue also has a good chance. They just got some stuff to work out. But um, Auburn, I've, I think Auburn are a bunch of frauds. Um, they've played a lot of close games a lot recently. Like, to, they beat Georgia by, like, two on, like, a, like a you know, a very... Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing the play. Yeah, a debatable foul call. So, there was that, and... You know, Kentucky's good, but I think Kentucky might be a little young. They just, you know, I mean, John Calipari is a great coach, but... Before you joined, Andrew was talking like Kentucky, he's he's thinking Kentucky's going to take it this year. Really? Yep. Maybe. Just okay. Keep an eye on Kentucky. They're good. Good team. Kentucky yeah. and Purdue. I like it. That I don't yeah. thought... I need to start following college basketball more since we're getting closer to March and the NFL season is all wrapped up. Excited for yeah. March this year. I think it... it each year, it's like March gets more insane, and I, I it like yeah. last year with UCLA, it was amazing. I can't wait yeah. again. Uh, what yeah. do we got? We got about a month and a half. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time. College basketball yeah. is heating up with all these upsets. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the uh, like the ACC tournament and the Big oh, yeah. Ten tournament and like all the Power Five. Those are, I think, in my opinion, like that's like the yeah. build up right before you know March Madness, of course. And I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of uh, the year for college guys. basketball. So yeah, 100%. March Madness is the best. I what know were you saying, Andrew? The other night to the boys in, in Durham, but don't let the heels get hot. Don't let us get hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly like that's a valid point because I feel like you know UNC. They have a lot of quick athletic guards, and you know they Baycott and Manic are a good um, inside yes. duo. They just, I don't know, like the roster is talented. I think you guys, yeah, just have we just rely on to work out. Our, our so. guard play is hmm. consistent, and Caleb and RJ, they've been struggling yeah. a little bit lately. You know, have some mental things, but if they figure it out and become the all, you know, ACC players that they have the talent to become, this team is going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if I had to pick five teams, these are my five teams right now. Oh, wow. That I think um, are, okay. are going to be one of the five that wow. are going to win it all. So Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky. Um, I'm going to have to go, I hate to say it, but Auburn. I know I called them oh, frauds. Wow. But you never know. They're playing like frauds right now. But in March, they could get hot. And then I'm actually going to throw Kansas. Oh, that's a good one. Kansas, okay. Kansas is good. Andrew, you got five? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Purdue. Okay. Kentucky. Okay. Kansas. Yep. North Carolina. <laughs> Okay. And the Illini. Okay. okay. I like okay. I like that the Illini actually have a very good three point shooting team and they you know have the best center yeah. in the nation, so it's like when they're not hitting from three they can just go exactly. to Kobe Coburn. The only problem with Illinois is that like when I noticed when Purdue beat them on Tuesday night, is if they face a team with good with two good, you know, inside big men 
And, you know, if because Kofi has to sit, you know, I mean, he right. can't play the whole game. So, like, Purdue, every almost every time they took Kofi out of the game, uh, Purdue would just go on a little run because they can just attack the inside because whoever the other center is or forward for Illinois can't guard um, other, you know, good big men. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait for March to come this year. It can't come quick yeah, enough. I'm so excited. You guys got any more thoughts about college basketball, or you want to go on to the NBA trade date, trade deadline that was today? I'm good to go yeah. to the NBA. All right, sweet. So trade deadline was today. We had a bunch of trades that ended up going through last second. The two big ones that everybody saw today, the Mavs trade, and then we had the Harden and Ben Simmons trade. The Harden and Ben saying that it was wild, the amount that Philly gave away. I think this is the type of trade that is going to make Philly better than the Nets this year. Oh, but yeah. come next come year and come the long term, I think that the, the called? 76ers are going to be the much, much better team. This is the second team in the last two years that Harden's wanted out of. He's been an all-star for the last 10 years and can't get comfortable anywhere. And now the 76ers are taking on a quarter billion dollar contract in hope that he's going to be comfortable. On the bright side, they now have Harden and Embiid, which is in a lethal combo. But I hate that they got had to get rid of Seth Curry for it. I really like Seth, and yeah. I, I don't like where it's going. What were your guys' thoughts on the trade? I, I mean, I thought it was an amazing trade for both Philly and Brooklyn, but I think that uh, I, it's hard to say who won the trade because it's like Embiid really needed another piece, you know, to really push Philly over uh, the hump because it's like, I mean, it was really just him and then, I mean, a bunch of, like, good supporting cast, but he didn't really have another star to take Philly to the next level. And Brooklyn, it's like they didn't, like, when you think about it, they didn't really need Harden because they yeah. already have KD and Kyrie. But the addition of Ben Simmons, I think, uh, will benefit them a lot. And Curry, I mean. I think Ben Simmons is going to fit into that perfectly. Yeah. Like, this could be good. one of the best things that have ever happened to Ben Simmons. Yeah. I. It sucks because it's like the Bulls have been playing so well. And, you know, they did it had a great yeah. free agency. But they're not. They're not going to come playoffs. They're not going to be able to compete. Yeah, they, they won't be able to hold out. Yeah. That's brutal. Andrew, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this might go down as one of the biggest win-win trades in NBA history. I mean, from the Sixers' point of view, you're trying, trying to trade Ben Simmons because he doesn't want to play for you, obviously. And then they offer CJ McCollum. You say, no, we want a superstar. Everybody says, no, you can't get a superstar for Ben Simmons. He doesn't shoot, you know. Who wants Ben Simmons? And they say, no. They turn around and get James Harden, who's like a top 10 player in the NBA. Even though sometimes he has some issues like with playing and getting along with teammates, he's you know, extremely talented player. And the fact that they got him for Ben Simmons, you know, that's a complete, that's yes. just a really good business. And for the Nets, you know, yeah. they couldn't, they had to get rid of James Harden. And they got the upside with Ben Simmons to go along with Kyrie and KD. Could work really well for them also. So it's trades both teams need, really needed to make. And they both, especially when you don't have leverage because the guys you're trading want to be traded and they're just sitting out. It's, you know, it's a good, good deal on both sides. Yeah, I thought it was a great trade overall. I thought all the trades that happened today were good trades. The only thing I was upset that didn't happen was Westbrook. I really wish Westbrook would have gotten traded. He's looked so bad the last few games, and he's just old with the big cap. It, it, it's not a pretty look. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Aaron Rodgers just won MVP. So. Love to hear it. I'm missing the acceptance speech. <laughs> Four time, four time. I know you guys saw that video of him at the golf course. Didn't see it. Flashing the, flashing <laughs> Didn't the four. It. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we can go ahead and head on to the final wait, picks wait, of the wait, week wait. ahead of the we Super Bowl. We barely talked about the trade deadline. We, up, we didn't talk about the Tres trade. Derek White to the Celtics, a sneaky, very big trade. The Celtics are getting hot at the right time. And they just picked up Derek White to play point guard. I mean, good trade. Yep. So... And the Kings, by the way. I don't like the Herald trade. Overall, I don't like the Herald trade that much, but it could work out for the Hornets. I uh, I really like the Cavs yes, right yes. now, actually. I like the Cavs, too. Dude, dude, how did they turn it around? Yeah, yeah. I really the like Cavs the Cavs. The Cavs are playing well, but I don't know. 
It, it's amazing the turnaround that they've Yeah, had. The, the the NBA playoffs in the East is going to be so interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah, so no, it, it's going to be a war, dude. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And the West, too. It's going to be a war all yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. it's going to be good. You guys got any I mean, more the thoughts? Kings trading, what's his name, nope. to the Pacers? Terrible. Terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that was yes. Yes. I forget his name, but that yes. was idiotic. Yeah. One bright spot. <laughs> Um, so final picks out of the Super Bowl. We got Cincinnati versus LA. Rams are four point favorites. The over under is 48.5. My pick for this week is going to be Cincinnati plus four. Like I said to you guys, I think it's going to be like 21 to three. Rams are going to, I mean, Bengals are going to bring it back. It's going to end up being a 24 21 ball game. It means the under 48 and a half is going to hit. That means Cincinnati plus four is going to hit. What do you guys think? John? Oh, uh, sorry, my uh, laptop glitched for a second. You're all good. Um, what was the question? <laughs> You're all good. Uh, so Rams are favored by four, and over-under is okay. 48.5. What do you think? Okay. Oh, under. Under? Yeah, 100% yeah, under, yeah. under. And Rams by four or Bengals <laughs> plus four? Um, Rams by four. Rams by four. I got Bengals plus four. Andrew, you got me, or did you cut out I again? got you. I got the Rams winning 27-13. to 13. Which would be Rams minus four, Ooh. and I believe that would be the under. So, there you have it. Under, so we all got the under, and you two got Rams minus four. All right. And I'm going to get into I know you guys might not have any prop bets or anything. I'm just going to run through these real quick like I did the other week for prop bets. I really like Jamar Chase anytime touchdown score. I think if the Bengals have any chance at win, Jamar Chase is going to have to catch a touchdown. Joe Mixon, under 64.5 rushing yards. I think this is going to be overall a passing-type ball game. And the Rams have a lethal defense, especially up front. So I don't expect Joe Mixon to get 64.5. He only got 88 against the Chiefs. And the Rams are a much better defense who have not let over 65 yards of rushing in weeks now. I got OBJ over 5.5 receptions if... The Bengals want to have a chance at winning. They're going to have to lock down Cup, and there's no Robert Woods. So I think OBJ gets over 5.5 receptions easy. And if yeah. you guys are rich and just want to throw $100 down on something, mm-hmm. I think Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, plus 600 is a great bet to take. If a quarterback doesn't win it, it's going to be Cup or it's going to be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's got like plus 1,000 or 10,000 odds. It's great. So definitely be looking at those. And Andrew, Johnny, you got any more thoughts for me for today? I would like to reveal my favorite team name All right. in the NFL, the 49ers. Yeah, what's your favorite, what's your favorite the 49ers. team? 49ers. Yeah. Really? I like the 49ers. Okay. Of all, all right. I respect me, and, me and Johnny Top are five. both as confused. Five, but we're going to go ahead and Bengals, end it Saints, today, Niners. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's Super Bowl edition of the show. I've now done 17 editions across this NFL season, and I can't wait for what's to come next. Special thanks to Levi, Andrew, and Johnny for coming on the show to talk with me today. I'll see you all next week for the start of our offseason coverage.